Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! We were just talking about how crazy it feels like to think about 30 years ago. Today is the 30th anniversary of when Pearl Jam released their second album, Versus. So Mike Smith from the Trails give us a little, you know, lesson. But I certainly remember getting that album. That was like one of the first albums I bought right when it came out. I was a little kid, probably in second grade. But for whatever reason, somehow I had cool enough parents that I was buying albums when they came out. And uh, that was one of them. I remember... The tape on the Walkman with the Tetris. Crazy. Crazy to think that album's 30 years old. Maybe, just maybe, Pearl Jam coming back to Montana next year. We'll let you know when it's actually official, but I got a hankering, and I know the guys over at the trail do as well. Welcome in to your two-hour music review, where we're also going to talk about a whole bunch of sports that are going on. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. We're going to listen to pretty much exclusively music from 30 years ago today, so that should be fun. Uh, we're also going to talk some Montana State, Sac State. How about number two in the country at number three in the country on national TV? Second straight week where there's a primetime matchup involving a Montana school, and this one between Sac State and Montana State filled with intrigue because guess what? These two teams haven't played each other since 2019. Sac State's been... The Big Sky champion three years in a row, but that's without playing the Cats. They shared the championship in the league last year without having to play each other. So uh, crazy to think about how much has changed since 2019. The last time these two schools played was in Bozeman on homecoming. That was uh, the, the day that Montana State debuted the Bobcat Athletic Complex. Sac State ruined that unveil. That was... The second of three straight marquee wins for Sac State that unbelievably, resoundingly announced their arrival on the Big Sky Conference scene. No team ever in Big Sky Conference history had beaten Montana, Montana State, and Eastern Washington in order. The, the, I guess it doesn't have to matter. The, the actual order doesn't matter, but the, winning against those three teams in any order had never happened until Sac State did it. They actually won against Eastern first and then in Bozeman second, and then they beat the Grizz in Sacramento third. People wanted to think it was a fluke, or they wanted to think it was just because they had a sixth-year senior quarterback in Kevin Kevin Thompson years before that that was a a more normal thing. Well, guess what? It wasn't a fluke. Sac State won the big sky that year and the year after and the year after. Coming into this matchup this upcoming weekend, They have won 26 out of their last 28 Big Sky Conference games. So certainly 
One of the great runs that the league has seen. But the Bobcats got it rolling, and the Bobcats are double-digit favors going down to Sacramento. So we'll give you some initial thoughts on this game. We also will hear from Brett Vegan, just a snippet of his initial thoughts on Sac State. We'll also hear from Andy Thompson, the head coach of the Sac State Hornets, as well as a former Grizz linebacker. We're also going to talk some high school football today. There's a ton of games on the docket tonight and then a bunch more tomorrow as well. Crazy amount of scenarios that could play out, especially in the Western AA. We also have a cross-Bitterroot Valley clash between Corvallis and Stevensville. Corvallis having one of their best seasons ever. So uh, Andrew caught up with the Blue Devils earlier today. Also earlier today, the All-Big Sky Conference uh, men's and women's preseason basketball teams were released. So we'll give you that news and debate uh, how that compared to how we voted. Hour number two, jam-packed full of NFL talk. Brooks Duana is back from the other side of the ocean. We got some best bets for you. We'll also keep you up to date with what's going on with the Grizz soccer match. And uh, we'll also keep on talking Big Sky Conference football. So there you go. That's what's coming up here on Nuanas Now. Thanks so much for tuning in. You want to be a part of the show? You always can. Call or text 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. And all guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. If you want to stream the show, you always can as well. 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live. There's the stream. And you can also always use the ESPN MT app as well. Grizz Soccer going right now. They're a half away from clinching the Big Sky Conference Championship. Sac State in town. The Grizz a full-on assault in the first half on the goal. I think they got 13 shots off last time I checked the stats. And they're up 1-0. to zero. We'll have uh, some Grizz Soccer tickets and a gift card to Canby Taphouse for Sunday's match against Portland State. Uh, a little bit later on here uh, in the show, Andrew, have you Andrew Houghton chiming in here on Nuanas? Now, have you uh, th- did you watch much of this? I know you were uh, talking, doing some interviews before the show. So, have you watched much of this first half of the Grizz soccer? Not a ton. I caught about ten minutes. Oh, did you do you know who scored the goal? Skyly Thompson. I think it'll That's probably get changed common, to an own goal, though. Oh, oh, really? Okay. I mean, she's got to be one of the. I mean, she's going to be an All Conference player this year, right? I mean, she's she's got a lot of goals, I feel like. I would, this was her, her sixth goal, if it stands as a goal for her, which is the, the most on the team. I don't think it's the most in the conference because Eastern Washington had that one girl who scored like six goals in the game. They won 15 nothing against them, <laughs> against Providence actually earlier in the season. Uh, so I don't think she's going to be the leading scorer in the conference. She's really come into her own this second half of the conference season as a match winner at the top of the pitch. She's she's taking on players. Um, she's playing with a lot of confidence right now. Um, so so that was who got the goal, although we'll see. It was a scramble in front of the goal. I think it ended up deflecting in off a Sac State player. Uh, good. Well, I'm looking at the deal. We'll have Andy Tapps coming up. Can we get the bit from yesterday from Brent Vegan? We'll play the one that's the longer one tomorrow. I had a one-on-one with Coach Vegan on Monday, so we'll play that on Friday. That's tomorrow's show. Good to go. Uh, there we go, and then this is just the first look on Sac State. Before we get to that, though, we're sitting here on a Thursday, and I've hogged all the airtime. Andrew was with me in Moscow last week to watch the uh, the most recent Big Sky After Dark game on ESPN2, and the Montana Grizzlies, uh, I'm not going to say shocked the world, but they definitely shocked a great many around the Big Sky Conference by knocking off Idaho at a sold-out Kibbe Dome Great effort by Montana and certainly redefined their season, at least in part, with the victory. Andrew was there. I haven't really gotten any feedback from him. We've been talking all sorts of other stuff this week when he's been chiming in. So just take us through your experience. So what did you think of just the uh, the weekend as a whole and also the Grizz win? Well, it was a great time. You know, I had written a little bit about the fan culture and the tailgate scene at Idaho, and I went there during when, when they played Sac State to experience that. I thought it was even another level stepped up just on the yep. tailgate lot, walking around, talking with people before the game. Everybody was super excited. You could see the the cracks and the seams in their game day experience showing up a little bit just for because sure. they hadn't had 14,500 people for a game in over 10 years. <laughs> um, so, you know. It was cool to see, though, because we go around the big sky, and there's certainly a bunch of schools that have, you know, Decent little fan bases or whatever. But when you go everywhere in the big sky, you think, yeah, this is small school college football. Right. And then you come to Montana, Montana State, and you're like, this is big-time college football. There's, It's like this weird 
Montana and Montana State are way more like Oregon and Washington than Eastern Washington and UC Davis are like Montana. So it's so weird to experience on both sides all the time. I was walking around Moscow, and there certainly was some leaks in, in getting everybody in the stadium on time. And what are we going to do? Who's going where? I mean, they were cheering the whole time. They don't even know how to cheer when their team's on offense or defense or whatever. All that aside, though, the buzz, the energy, all the stuff that you love about the pageantry of college football, it was absolutely real in Moscow, and I thought it was cool. You could, It was palpable. You could feel it. And that's part of the reason why we've always said, right, the conference is better off when Idaho is no good. Question. Because that comes with that energy and that excitement and that enthusiasm and that big crowd. So I, I, I love that. As for the game itself, I thought, you know, the Grizz handled it just perfectly. You can say what you want about the job that Bobby Houck and that coaching staff has done this season. I think that they approached that game with a perfect game plan. They took advantage of Idaho not being ready to play for about the first quarter and a half of that game. And, you know, by the time that Idaho sort of woke up and shook their head and looked around, they were down 20 to nothing because the Grizz were ready for that, and all credit for that goes to the coaching staff. Uh, They took advantage. They struck while the iron was hot. And even though they closed it down a little bit in the second half, and, you know, I don't know if they played that game another 10 times, if Montana would win a majority of those games. Yep. All you got to do is win the one, and they did that. That's right. And uh, they did just enough in the first half to sort of stay ahead of Idaho in the second half, although, man, the Vandals gave it a great shot down the stretch of that game, and we could talk for, for a whole hour about what happened at the end of that game. Idaho's down down two touchdowns and two two-point conversions. They get three-quarters of the way back to it. Yep. Uh, and then they miss the last two-point conversion on a wide receiver end-around pass. They think they get the onside. They don't get the onside. Uh, they get the ball back. And then Cale Edwards and Levi Janicaro come up with the huge play for Montana. And that's, you know, Montana played great for a half and not so great for the second half. But they were able to come up with that huge play on defense at the end, and that was the difference in the game. Regardless of the result on Saturday, I thought both teams played really hard. I did think that there was uh, an element of coaching advantage on Montana's side within the scope of that specific event. I also thought, though, that uh, now that we've got a little bit more clarity, I think the Big Sky Conference is exactly like this. I think that there's four teams that can win the Big Sky Conference title. Two of them played in Moscow on Saturday. Two of them play in Sacramento on on this Saturday. And that's just based on math. That's not even based on my analysis of the talent of the rosters or whatever. There's, It's just going to be... It would take a complete... It would take a lot of, of unforeseen results for anybody other than Idaho, Montana, Montana State, and Sac State to rise up and win the conference. And then given the way that all the other results have gone... I think you can pretty safely say that uh, Eastern Washington and Weber State are probably on the outside looking in for the playoffs. And any more missteps, they're absolutely out. And I think that the other two teams that probably are in playoff contention are UC Davis and Portland State. And they play uh, in a couple weeks here. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see how all that plays out as well. But certainly we're starting to get a little bit more clarity. And we're going to have way more clarity in terms of the top of the league, because the two highest-ranking teams in the league play in Sacramento on Saturday evening. Brent Vegan has played every single Big Sky Conference team in his two and a half years at Montana State, except one, the Sacramento State Hornets. Coach Vegan has been uh, in college football out west for his entire uh, adult life. He played at North Dakota State and then coached there for more than a decade. Then he coached for seven years at Wyoming, And then he's been now at Montana State about halfway through his third season there at the helm for the Bobcats. He said on Monday he has no crossover with Sac State whatsoever. He's never been to Hornet Stadium. There's never, I think he said there was uh, NDSU and Sac State played in the late 90s when Sac State had only been D1 for a couple years and NDSU was still Division II. And other than that, though, no crossover with the program whatsoever. So certainly foreign territory. Coach Vegan has been lights out, as good as you can get against Big Sky Conference competition. His only Big Sky Conference loss in his career so far at MSU came in his first appearance and his only appearance in Missoula against the rival Grizzlies. So that will be a, a chance for reclamation and, and retribution later on this football season. But first, you got to take care of business against the Hornets. Here's a couple thoughts from Brent Vegan 
on Montana State's matchup in California's capital city on Saturday night. Um, looking at looking at Sac State, what have you seen from uh, Bennett at quarterback? Well, it's a shift for them. You know what we've seen the last few years is that uh, combination of their two two quarterback system, which was very effective. You know, and what you see in him is a really talented athlete, uh, passer. You know, kind of all of the above. I think he allows them to do a lot of the things they were probably doing with with both guys with the past past couple of years. So, been really impressed with what he's been able to do. And you know, they have some new targets on the other end. They spread the ball around um, receiver wise. You know, all three of those starters have double digit catches, double digit just production. You can see that. Uh, you know, they they have as dynamic a tight end individually as as anybody does in our league. He's been out a little bit, but he's back now. And, and Martin really experienced O-line at the same time. I know you just asked about one guy, but I'm kind of going through it here. But uh, O-line-wise, a lot of experience there. So, you know, they've, uh, Coach Taylor moved on um, to Stanford, but, uh, you know, a lot of things they're doing, um, the proficiency with what they're doing is very similar um, on offense. And defensively, Coach Thompson has that experience there. We've got Bailey, we've seen that. Yeah, very, uh, very sound, uh, disciplined group. Uh, you know, they they are are good at pressuring um, and disguising their pressure. I, I think in the in the back end, uh, they're they're certainly good enough and capable of playing man, but they play a fair amount of zone. They 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 tackle well. They cover ground. Defensively, you know, it starts from the front. They had they had some more experienced guys. Um, you know, I think Stanley and Lynch are, are leading them right now as far as numbers go and productivity. Um, Bailey, you mentioned them. Um, I, I know coming into the year, they felt really good about you know him taking that step um, to become their leader on defense. And it's apparent that's that's so current. Um, just curious, the last few games, you know, since they started Big Sky Play, you know, that I know came down the wire, NAU, even last week, getting more like Colorado. I guess what have you seen from them just being, I guess, resilient in those, in those type, type games to start conference play? Generally, they've, over the last few years, they've lost just that one game in conference. Um, they're 18 and 1. So they, they, I think they, they have that belief that's apparent. Uh, they're not gonna. They're not gonna beat themselves. Um, you know, and I know the Idaho game didn't play their way, but but by and large, these games obviously all have. And it's just uh, it's just knowing, like like I said before, relative to our game the other night. I mean, you know, these these games, you, you probably all think they should go a certain way. Um, whether that's a coach, a player, and even on the fan side, but it doesn't work that way. You know, the key is is coming out on the other end with a, a W, and I, I'm certain that trip to Greeley wasn't exactly what they had planned, but it's, you know, in our, in our league, these teams that you don't play every year that you maybe haven't seen, that you don't know exactly how it's going, you can't just look at uh, records and such. Uh, I think that happens all too too much because teams are going to go, up, you know, show up and play. So, to that point, uh, they they continue to work through that and believe, and you know they don't have to lean on one particular side of the ball. And they're in special teams, they've they've been really solid uh, the last few years as well as we watched them. Brett Vegan here on Duanas. Now he'll join us tomorrow as well. But that's your first look at Sacramento State. It's presented by Town Pump. Town Pump, brawl the wild by the mile. I'm flying down to Sacramento tomorrow after the show. But Tom Stuber uh, from Skyline Sports, he's driving down, so they will certainly get him down to California. Appreciate Town Pump for keeping us fueled up all season long. Let's hear from the other side, across the sidelines with Andy Thompson. Big Sky after dark, second week in a row. Can't wait for it. It was a long night, but a great night in Moscow this last weekend. And now, going back down to Sacramento for the first time in a little while. I went to Sac State several different times in the mid-2010s, but I haven't been back there for a little while because Sac State's only hosted the Grizz one time in the last handful of years, and the Cats in uh, Sacramento State, hey, haven't played, period, in four years, so it's been a little while. But a rivalry renewed as Sac State hosts Montana State, an ESPN2 game for the second week in a row for the league. We're joined now by the head coach of the Sacramento State Hornets. It's Andy Thompson. Coach Thompson, thanks for being here, man. First of all, I mean, when you hear national TV, Hornets Stadium is going to be on ESPN2. What do you think? How do you feel? Oh, excited for the opportunity to, to show, um, you know, a bunch of people um, the environment here in Sacramento and, and, and show our team and, and play against a really good opponent. And so it's going to be a great night. Looking forward to it. Um, whether it looks like, you know, it'll be California, probably 75 and clear and, and uh, should be should be a great night for football. Certainly should. And it's been fascinating and fun to follow the conference uh, up to this point. 
Uh, just tell us about your team, though. I know we uh, we had you on during the non-conference right after you're coming off the Stanford win, but now you've played about half of your Big Sky Conference schedule so far, coming off a 21-13 win over Northern Colorado. You're sitting there at 3-1, and one, one three in a row. So uh, what do you like about the way your team's playing right now, and, and how's it been so far in uh, in conference play? Yeah, um, I like I like our record for sure. Um, uh, I think uh, we're we're trying to improve every week, um, and um, you know that's that's been a challenge for us. Uh, I do think um, different parts of the season in conference and in preseason we've 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 looked really explosive, and we had explosive plays on offense. Same thing on defense, you know, with some sacks and some some interceptions. Um, our thing has been, you know, we got we got to be consistent. And um, part of that's been having a lot of different guys in and out of the lineup and, uh, you know, trying to mesh with with guys that haven't played a ton. And so they're learning every week and they're improving. Um, and we're trying to uh, put together a complete game. Um, and uh, that's that's always the goal, you know, is you, you try to be at your very best on Saturdays because that's what you get judged on. Um, but you got to do the work during the week. And so we're trying to do that work again this week and see how it looks on Saturday. Well, an interesting dynamic for for Sac State having gone twenty three and one over a three year span in Big Sky play, but then losing to a really good Idaho team in your opener. A lot of the guys on your roster had lost one or zero Big Sky conference games. Uh, so, what'd you think of just the way that they sort of uh, reacted and rebounded from that initial loss and, and got on this win streak now? Yeah, they, they've they've responded um, positively uh, in practice and. Uh, We've got a we've got some good veteran leadership and guys that, like you said, have played a lot of football games here. And then we've got a bunch of uh, new faces that have that are uh, maybe have been here, but now they're in different roles and, and uh, they're uh, they're learning what the Big Sky Conference looks like week in and week out. And that's really competitive. And you got to take care of all the details and you got to have eleven guys, you know, executing together in order for you to be successful. So um, I, I really, I like this group. I like their attitude. I like how they work. Um, are we perfect? No, we've not been perfect, um, but we're, we're continuing to uh, improve. Andy Thompson here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. He's the head coach at Sac State. They host Montana State, a top three showdown on Saturday night at Hornet Stadium. Uh, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, your fronts because I know that a lot of time the skill guys get a ton of of headlines and, and deservedly still you got some great ones, especially your quarterback Caden Bennett as well as your running back Marcus Fulcher, maybe the best tight end in FCS football, Marshall Martin. Uh, but it seems like your offensive front is playing well, and it also seems like your defensive front is playing really well. I thought those guys were great, especially in the non-conference games I got to to watch. So I guess to start defensively, I mean, uh, what, what would your evaluation of your front seven be so far this year? Uh, I thought they've done some good stuff. Um, they've had a different group every week, so I don't know if we've started the same offensive line or the defensive line in, in two consecutive games. Uh, but we do have some guys that have played well. Jet Stanley's been a great leader for us, playing really well on the defensive side. Deshaun Lynch has really emerged again. He hasn't played at all much before this year, and, and he's doing a good job and being being a playmaker for us. And so those guys, those two, and then um, Brandon Knott, uh, again, a guy it's, it's it's playing pretty well at a high level. Seems to show up consistently on our defensive line, um, and then on the offensive side, it's really been Slater, Mejia, and Ivan Garza. Those three have been steady for their whole career here. Uh, but we've had some other guys in there um, at the other two spots, and that's been kind of a um, bunch of different guys having to step up and play different spots. And and um, so trying to get some continuity on the offensive line, hoping we can get some guys back from early in the season and uh, solidify that. That's one thing about last year. You know, we started the same five offensive mm-hmm. linemen for every single one of our games. And um, like I said, I, I think we made it through the second quarter of the first game before we, we've, we've had injuries. So it's just every year is a little different, but those guys, all those front guys have done a great job. and They truly have to be a unit. So um, proud of their effort. Well, when it comes to the fronts, that's certainly going to be a key uh, in this matchup on Saturday. It's always a key in any football game, especially in the Big Sky Conference. But uh, how would you just evaluate Montana State's fronts? I mean, their offensive line has great continuity. They have, I think they've had the same starting five the whole uh, season. Uh, so just yeah. start there. I mean, what do you think of the Bobcats' uh, front five on offense? Yeah, front five on offense is really good, really physical. I mean, I, you don't have the rushing numbers without a great offensive line. And those those rushing numbers are about as good as, um, well, they're number one in the, in the country. So, um, and, they, and they do it throwing the football, too. So they average 516 yards, um, average 8.3 yards of play, I think, if they're at as an offense. So 
they're doing a good job with with everything and they're executing at a really high level and it'll be a great challenge. And then you go over their defensive front. Um, you know, they've got a great defensive end and, and, and uh, number 10, Brody. And uh, they have really solid interior guys. and They seem to rotate quite a few guys in there. So they've got good depth and um, they do a great job with their staff. I've known their defensive line coach for a long time and uh, he's always been successful everybody where he's been. So they're well coached and they've got great players. When it comes to just the, the how prolific they've been running the ball, is there anything that you see when you watch the film that, that they do differently? Or, I mean, how, how are they able to put up such gaudy numbers? I mean, eight yards a carry as a team is just a, it's an absurd statistic. Yeah, they, uh, you know, they've got a lot of different schemes and they make you go from sideline to sideline and they can run right at you. And then they've got guys when they carry the ball that break tackles. Um, and so that combination of the, the, the scheme and being able to go inside or outside with the talent, with, you know, receivers and tight ends that block, they don't really care who has the ball. Um, they all block for each other. Um, it's been very impressive to, to see. Um, so, like I said, going to be a, a big challenge for our defense. And uh, uh, they do a good job on, on all levels. And also another challenge is just how much they can run their quarterbacks. And I know that they maybe had less designed runs this year, but those guys, they're so good at improvising and having two of them that are elite players, I'm sure makes it a headache for the defense as well. So, I mean, what do you see out of Montana State's quarterbacks? How challenging is it to prepare for uh, two different guys? Yeah, Sean Chambers has really taken a majority of the reps, um, 9.2 yards of play um, with him. So, again, that's a that's, that's almost a first down when he's got the ball in his hands. So, really, uh, really, really tough tackle. Uh, big guy. Uh, does a really good job of protecting the football. Uh, and then, obviously, they brought back Tommy last week, number four, and, and he did a good job and didn't kind of miss a beat coming back in. And they scored 59 points so um they're doing a good job with both those guys they're really efficient and uh they don't make they don't make mistakes and so um gonna have to again try to to uh do our best to contain them and uh hopefully you know be able to create some type of havoc for them when it just comes to the platform that this is, not only for your football program, but also just the university as a whole, and you know, all eyes going to be on Sacramento State University this uh, this upcoming Saturday night. So, I mean, what do you think of that opportunity, and uh, how do you hope your your guys embrace it on Saturday night? Yeah, we try to take it the same way. I know you know media people don't want to hear that, but um, you know, every game is important, um, and it is another opportunity. It's great for our our fan base and and, and the city of Sacramento. Uh, we've gotten tremendous support from our president all the way down to our athletic director to our support staffs. Um, I know a lot of our sports come to our games too, so we really do feel lucky as a football program to be so supported. And it's a chance for us to go out and, and uh, you know, hopefully a lot of our alumni are, are watching it. And uh, play as hard as we possibly can for our school and for for this team. So it, it, it's awesome each week, you know. Because again, you work all year for these eleven opportunities that you're guaranteed. Um, you don't want to take any of them for granted. And, and this one will definitely be an exciting game. Well, the uh, co Big Sky champions a year ago, Montana State and Sac State. They didn't play a year ago, so now we get to settle it on the field. Number two in the country in MSU. Number three in the country in Sacramento State. The premier game uh, in the FCS. Andy Thompson, head coach of Sac State here on Nuanas. Now, uh, last one for you then, Coach. Uh, just keys for your team on Saturday night. What do you want to see? I mean, you got, you got to compete at the line of scrimmage. So we got to be able to do that. And um, I think that's always a key in the football game. And, and then, you know, how, how well do you execute? Um, and it sounds cliche, but, you know, how many times can you have 11 guys doing their job really well? And, um, you know, creating some, some explosive plays and then on defense being able to limit those explosive plays and, and getting the ball as many times to our offense as, as we can. And and then how, again, how are you going to deal with details um, in close ball games? Um, there's a lot that goes into those things and, and we've got to do a good job of making sure that we're prepared, pre- preparing these guys for those details that come up, you know, when, when, when games are tight and close. So, um, Really excited, again, for the week of preparation that we've got, and uh, it's going to be a fun night, but uh, it's always it always comes down to, again, your, your fundamental work and uh, how well you can block, tackle, and catch. Appreciate the time, Coach. I know it's a busy time of year. Look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Hey, have a great, great week, and uh, thanks again for having me on. There you go, Andy Thompson. Former Grizz linebacker, a life of, in the Big Sky Conference, and now first-year head coach there. 
for the number three team in the country, Sacramento State. They're hosting Montana State on Saturday evening, 8.30 Mountain Standard Time kickoff. You can find it on ESPN2. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Uh, we got a Grizz soccer update. What's uh, what's going down uh, down there at Dornblazer? Great timing, Coulter. Eliza Bentler makes it 2 nothing Montana with 25 minutes left. So you got a 2 nothing lead. You got 25 minutes left to clinch the conference title. Both goals scored by Montana natives. Skyly Thompson from Kalispell, Eliza Bentler from Billings. So how I, about that? I'll say, I'll say this. As, uh, as somebody that loves Montana, loves Mon- people from Montana, I love all of you, but... It's been so cool for me to see the rise of athletes from Montana, especially female athletes, because there was a time where any of the Montana girls on the Montana soccer team were just walking on. And there was hardly any girls from Montana on the volleyball teams at Montana, Montana State. Now, there's all sorts of great athletes that are going elsewhere and staying in state. The the rise and the improvement in talent in several of the female sports, especially track and field, volleyball, and soccer, has been uh, pretty awesome. So, barring unforeseen circumstances, the Montana Grizzlies are going to clinch the Big Sky Conference Championship in women's soccer this afternoon. That means they'll get to celebrate that Big Sky title and celebrate their seniors on Sunday against Portland State. We got tickets for you, plus we got a $25 gift card to Canby Taphouse. So, here's how this works. You call us... Then we send you down to Canby. They got your tickets ready for you, plus they got $25 gift card for you. It's right across from the field. So go down there, have some kombucha, maybe have a little sandwich, whatever you might desire. Call number 4-406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. A pair of tickets to Senior Day for the University of Montana Soccer and 25 bucks to Canby Tap House. Call number 4. Call right now. 406-888-1029. Prep football on the other side. You want us now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultelaw.com. It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. One of the reasons why Pearl Jam is so legendary they dropped their first album, 10. And then they toured for two straight years, did over 250 straight shows. And they became world famous almost instantly. That album is certainly grunge in its essence, but it's more hard rock than it is like post-punk grunge. Then they dropped Versus, which... 30 years ago today came out and it blew people's minds because it was a complete departure from 10. 10 again has some hard guitar riffs and stuff, but there's a little bit more singability, like sing along ability to it versus is just bam in your face. Then they decided we're not making music videos anymore. We don't like this exploitation. We are burned out on being famous from that element. We just want a tour so they went on another 275 spot uh, stop tour, and bam, that's how legends are made. Then all of a sudden you drop Vitology, and uh, then you sold about as many albums as any rock and roll band in the entire world during the 1990s. And it just so happens 
that one of their guys, Jeff Amon, happens to be from Montana. And so they have made their name and blazed their trail with an eye on the Treasure State for a really, really long time. There's the iconic pictures of them playing one of their first ever shows at the Denison Theater. They've come back to Missoula, played the Adams Center, played Washington Grizzly Stadium multiple times. It's always awesome when the rock and roll legends come back uh, to their roots and, and to the Garden City. Welcome back. Duan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Big shout out to Shine Auto Detailing. They were just awarded the best detail shop in Missoula again. It's no surprise. They have more than 220 five-star reviews. That's actually more reviews than all the other detail shops combined. Shine is celebrating by giving the next three callers a free $50 gift card. You want a great experience with car detailing? Call Shine Auto Detailing, 406-207-3599. That's 406-207-3599. And get your $50 gift card, Shine Auto Detailing. Call now. It's a little prep extra presented by Farmer State Bank. We'll have a bit of a breakdown in a little bit as well. Josh McCrossin, the head coach of the Corvallis Blue Devils, will join us. Tonight's double-A slate and that's right, I'm not I'm not mixing up my days like I always do. There is a whole slate of football games tonight in Class AA, then a whole slate tomorrow as well. Tonight, you got Capital at Butte, you got Missoula Sentinel at Kalispell Glacier, you got Flathead at Hellgate, and you got Belgrade at Billings West. Then tomorrow, it's CMR at Great Falls High, Big Sky at Helena High, Senior at Billings Senior at Bozeman, and Bozeman Gallatin at Skyview. So here's what we already know. In the Eastern AA, the six playoff teams, they're solidified already. There's still some jockeying for seeding that could change, but we know for sure, Bozeman High School, the Hawks, the last undefeated team in the state, whether they win or lose against Billings Senior, they are the number one team out of the East. Number two, Bozeman Gallatin, they're slotted right there no matter what happens in their game against Skyview. And Billings West, they're slotted at number three no matter what happens with their game Against Belgrade. So that means Bozeman uh, gets the bye. Billings Senior, even with a loss, can't fall further than fifth. And Billings Skyview, no matter if they win or lose, is going to be sixth. So pretty much we know exactly uh, where we're at. Uh, uh, Great Falls High will be a, uh, number four with a win or a loss by Billings Senior to Bozeman. So the Bronx are going to be either fourth or fifth. Great Falls High is going to be fourth or fifth. Skyview is going to be sixth. In the West, though, Buckle up for this. This is uh, this is one of those, did you get all that? It's sort of confusing. But here's here's how the scenarios work out. Also, by the way, thanks to Chris Peterson from uh, 406MT Sports for doing this, uh, writing all this out and, and going through all the tiebreakers. I am really good at some sort of this statistical stuff. I am so bad at the tiebreaker thing. Who has to do what to get what, when, all that stuff. It, it bends and breaks my brain. So, thanks to Chris, because this is actually where this comes from. Here's... The scenarios. If Butte wins tonight over Capital, they're number one in the West. If the Bulldogs lose and Kalispell Glacier wins over Sentinel, the Wolfpack will take the number one seed. Capital will finish two. Helena will be three. Butte will fall away to four. And Sentinel will be five. If Sentinel beats Glacier and Capital knocks off Butte, that could make a five-way tie for the number one seed in the West, and then I have no idea what's going to happen. So uh, I guess if you love chaos, you're rooting for Sentinel and Capital tonight. If you want it to be pretty linear, you want Butte and Glacier to win, but uh, definitely a huge game for Sentinel because they could get all the way up to number two and, and maybe even have some sort of tiebreaker scenario where they're the number one if they knock off Glacier. And same thing with Capital. Capital... Is, is probably going to be one, two, or three, uh, but they could get number one if they were to win and Sentinel was to win. So uh, we'll let you know how it all goes down tonight, and we'll certainly have a Garden City spotlight uh, highlighting all of it. The other thing we do know out of the West is that Big Sky is in the playoffs, but they're the sixth seed no matter what happens uh, with them uh, against Helena High. So the, the one thing Big Sky could do, though, is they could cost Helena High a chance at the one seed, so, this logjam has been building. Butte and Glacier are the two teams with one league loss in the West. And then Capitals, Sentinel, and Helena High all have two league losses. Uh, so, we'll see how it all plays out. In Class A, here's some of your big-time games tonight. Rivalry game between Miles City and Billings Central. 
The uh, Rams remain undefeated. They're number two in Class A. Haver plays at Fergus. That's a little bit of a rivalry as well. Libby plays at Dillon. The Beavers, uh, along with Billing Central, the last two undefeated teams in Class A. And then Stevensville and Corvallis square off in a Bitterroot Valley rivalry showdown. And Corvallis football continues making history last week. A second-half comeback to beat Hamilton 17-13. to It's their first win over the Bronx in 15 years. Corvallis moves to 6-1, and taking on Stevensville this week. Actually, tomorrow on Friday. Been a historic season so far for the Blue Devils. Joining us, uh, as he did earlier in the season, Corvallis Blue Devils head coach Josh McCross. And coach, appreciate the time, man. Hey, thanks, Andrew. Thanks for having us on. And, uh, um, yeah, we're, we're happy to keep things going, hopefully. You guys have been setting milestones all season long. I remember we were talking about you guys got off to the 5-0 and start, and that was something you hadn't done in decades. Last week, you go to Hamilton. You managed to make a comeback against the Bronx, two touchdowns in the fourth quarter for a 17-13 win, and that was your guys' first win against Hamilton in 15 years. So take me back to last week. What was it like having to come back in that game? Hamilton still got a great team this year. Uh, they had you down 7 nothing at halftime. What would you say at halftime, and what allowed you guys to come back in that game? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, you're exactly right. That's a, that's a good football team um, in Hamilton, and uh, we, uh, it was a great atmosphere. Both teams are represented well in Hamilton. Um, we, had, we, got down, uh, that, they, we got down there, and we started out the game, and they came out on offense and had a great first drive and, and uh, nearly scored on, the, on their first drive before fumbling it on their, on their goal line. And, um, they ended up punching, punching in another score there, in the, or punching in their first score there in the first quarter. Um, but then, yeah, we we found ourselves in a in a dogfight. I mean, it was uh, it wasn't wasn't always pretty by either team. There were turnovers. I think Hamilton had five turnovers, and we had three by the end of the game. And um, just a ton of different momentum swings. And that's kind of what we told the guys at halftime. That I mean, listen, the the momentum and the energy being up and down. This is this is just a football game. This is a good football game. And the team who the team who is disciplined through their scheme and disciplined through their te- their culture is going to prevail in the end, and that's kind of the message we try to give them: is that stay disciplined, keep playing football, and those things are going to happen. And that was really put to the test when they when they uh, came out in, in the uh, end of the third, right at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and, uh, and put a touchdown on the board. Um, and we had a field goal in between, but so they took a ten-point lead in the fourth quarter, and we were able to, and then and we were able just to look at each other, look at each other on the sideline, and say, "Let's well, we're playing ball. Let's play ball." And uh, you know, seniors did a great job, and those our upperclassmen and our leaders on our team just did a great job take, taking everything by the reins there. And uh, it took them three minutes to go out on the field and put those points on the board to bring it back to a one-score game, and then uh, Hamilton. Ended up uh, fumbling in on two couple plays later, and we put the took the lead a couple short, you know a couple minutes after that. <laughs> so uh, there was always, there was a short window of a two score game in that game, and uh, but being able to, to do it in the fashion that we did um, certainly left a, left a little bit of a mark on the on the program um, beyond the fact that uh, it was a big Hamilton for the first time in a long time. Yeah, you guys are down. 13-3 there early in the fourth quarter. You, you didn't score in the first half. You'd only scored three points by that point. But Aiden Maine, your quarterback, is able to put together two touchdown drives, two touchdown, short touchdown throws to Dylan Potter uh, to bring you guys all the way back. Just what does that say about your junior quarterback over there? Man, what a, he's a great kid. He was able to, I mean, he, we, uh, I, I talk about him and uh, those other guys so much around here just because uh, because we have we have to trust them with so much stuff with our scheme of our offense. Um, we rushed for 162 yards and we passed for 157. And uh, so being able to to play that balanced game and trust the system throughout, um, they, and, and the way that he's able to trust us and um, and get him where he needs to be, and the way that we have to trust him to get the ball where it needed to be at the end uh, was was phenomenal. And uh, and just the, the the decisions that he had to make to that point. We're super proud of him. Super proud of of all those guys, Dylan Potter, um, our our uh, tight ends, our line, all of them. That just uh, um, on both sides of the ball, being able to do it. In our in our defense, 
Um, had, a, had a tremendous day again, finding a way to get that ball turned over, um, getting us in great field position, and, uh, and allowing our offense to have re- you know, realistic and awesome opportunities for the points on the board all night long. Well, again, Corvallis moving to 6-1 and one with a big win over Hamilton. Josh McCrossin, head coach of the Blue Devils, joining us for a little Bitterroot breakdown here on Nuanez. Now, he has got, I think, one more game left in the regular season, hosting Steve I Friday night. How do you refocus from a win like the Hamilton game and, and sort of uh, what were you able to do early in the week to sort of try to get everybody's focus back on this game this week? Boy, that's that's a great point. And we talked about early in the week how uh, when you get these these emotional games, um, whether it's emotional win or an emotional loss, there's kind of this hangover of, of emotions that you just kind of have to sort through during the week. Uh, there's a it, you have to remind the guys that you know what are, what are we what are we here for? What do we do? Why do you enjoy the game? You know what that was a, that moment last week was a tremendous moment and certainly something that you guys won't forget in a while, but. You know what? What? Why do we come back to work this week? And we point and refocused and pointed that direction towards beating another um, bitter rival here in Stevensville, and then also obviously towards the you know towards the, the work we have left to do in the postseason. Well, it's been a heck of a turnaround for the Corvallis Blue Devils. They were one and eight two years ago, four and four last season, six and one so far this year under Josh McCross and the head coach of the Blue Devils joining us for a Bitterroot breakdown on Nuanez now, Coach. Anything else you wanted to mention about just the way that this season has gone for your team and the turnaround that you guys have managed to engineer just a couple years after you were really struggling? Corvallis, 6-1 and one again. The only team they've lost to is Dillon, uh, which is the top team in Class A. Uh, so it's been, a, it's been a great season for you guys. But anything else that you wanted to mention about this journey before we get you out of here? Sure. You know, I think that, I think that, that the, the journey that, that this team goes through, I think what makes it super, so special is that it's that first journey, right? That it's that first step, that first, that first trip, you know, down, you know, a winning record for this group. I mean, this group hasn't even, even been on the sideline or in the stands as kids to really witness something like this in Corrales Blue. So, uh, so that first time through is always super special, you know, for, for the coaching staff, for the kids, for everything. And uh, and that's what's been really sweet for these guys is to to embrace it, to enjoy it, for the community to enjoy that, and uh, and with the understanding that this game we play is a little bit bigger than ourselves, we're not going to get too big on ourselves, and this that we're going to make sure that that we keep turning this back towards the community, towards our towards our families, towards our you know towards our our teammates, and keep doing this the right way, and hopefully keep this thing going beyond you know what this year has in store for us. Well, there you go. Again, Corvallis wrapping up the regular season on Friday uh, at home against Stevensville and then looking forward to the Class A playoffs. Coach Josh McCross, and he's joined us a couple times this season for the Bitterroot Breakdown on Nuanez. Now, Coach, always enjoy the time, always enjoy the insight. Good luck this week, and uh, we'll catch up with you as you guys head into the playoffs as well, but thank you. Hey, thank you, guys. Appreciate you, and uh, go Blue. It's hard to break in to the the hierarchy of, of Class A. I mean, for my nearly 20 years as a sports writer in and around Montana, the same teams, Dillon has always been good. Billing Central has always been good. Butte Central's got teams more often than not. Laurel is usually pretty darn good. And then recently, over the last 10 years, Hamilton, perennial power. Frenchtown moves back up from Class B to Class A. They're usually in the mix. And, uh, you know, then you splice it in with the rise of Whitefish and Columbia Falls and the explosion of the Flathead Valley. And then you have Lewistown and their resurgence. It's hard to find a seat at the table. And Corvallis has had a really hard time for a variety of reasons. So it's really cool for the Blue Devils. I mean, this is definitely a historic season. They had their first 5-0 start since the 70s. Uh, that's the first time they beat Hamilton in 15 years. So it's certainly... Uh, it's pretty cool, and it's cool for the Bitterroot Valley to have multiple great teams. Right now, Florence, number one in Class B, both Hamilton and Corvallis among the top ten teams in Class A. So a lot of good football being played down there in the Bitterroot Valley. That's our Bitterroot Breakdown presented by Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank has been enriching the lives of Montanans since 1907. From football to hoops, who landed on the Big Sky Conference preseason all-conference men's and women's basketball teams? We shall discuss next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio.
ESPN Radio Missoula. Guys, now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Let's quickly take a look at the All Big Sky preseason teams. We'll discuss uh, these a little bit more in hour number two, and if I can actually find where my ballot went, <laughs> I'll tell you how it compares to how I voted. Uh, I joked when it came to the men's team that I was only going to vote for Dylan Jones and Anand Moody because those are the only two reputable players that uh, returned. It's actually not true. Ethan Price at Eastern Washington was the freshman of the year in the Big Sky two years ago. Uh, so I certainly put him on the ballot. He also landed on the team. Stephen Verplanken was a third-team all-league guy last year at Weber State. So um, certainly voted for him as well. And then uh, the rounding out the team uh, with Jones, Moody, Price, and Verplanken was Braden Parker of Idaho State and Jarrell Satterfield of Portland State. The most impactful news of this was that Dylan Jones, a unanimous selection as preseason MVP, the Big Sky has been giving out preseason MVP since 2015, and Dylan Jones, the first player to ever win unanimous preseason MVP honors. So certainly uh, an interesting fold. And uh, the women's team included Hannah Simitel of Northern Colorado, certainly voted for her. Darren Hickok of Weber State did not vote for her, even though she does have good numbers, uh, only because Weber State just hasn't won hardly at all, and I think that it's going to be hard, even harder with a, a brand-new head coach this year. J.D.A. Martin and Jamie Loretta uh, both landed on the squad from Eastern Washington. I did vote for both of them. Carmen G. Feller of Montana certainly voted for her. And then Esmeralda's, uh, Esmeralda Morales of Portland State was voted the preseason Big Sky Women's Basketball MVP. I had Morales on my um, preseason All-League team. Uh, not my MVP, though. My sixth, besides the those I just named, instead of Darren Hickok was Lexi Deedon at Montana State. Deedon has not been an all-Big Sky player during her time at MSU, but has been productive, certainly. And with the departure of Darian White and Cola Badbear, I think there's going to be some numbered redistributions, and I think Deedon has an opportunity to have uh, a pretty big bump in statistics. She's uh, she's a really good offensive player. She can score at uh, both in the post and in the mid-range. So, uh, And the, the system's just going to be catered to the per- person playing her position to scoring uh, quite a bit. Uh, so there you go. There, there's your uh, all-Big Sky teams. Dylan Jones of Weaver State, Anna Moody, Montana, Ethan Price, Eastern Washington, Stephen Berplankin of Weaver State, Braden Parker of Idaho State, Drill Satterfield of Portland State on the men's side. Women's team, Hannah Simitel of Northern Colorado, Darren Hickok of Weaver State, J.D. Martin and Jamie Loretta of Eastern Washington, Carmen G. Feller of Montana, and Esmeralda Morales of Portland State. We'll discuss what we think of all those. Plus, we'll break down the NFL this week with Brooks Nuanas. That's all next. Hour number two coming at you. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 